0: We live in a world that is facing one of its biggest challenges in living memory. The coronavirus pandemic has devastating potential as it sweeps across the globe. To fight the virus and slow its spread, we've had to change almost everything about how we live our lives. I'm Alicia Shepard, and welcome to Coronavirus Examined. Each episode, we're speaking to a different academic via the socially distanced means of video chat to ask them for their expert takes on the broad-ranging impacts of the coronavirus pandemic. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Stuart Walker from our Department of Chemical and Biological Engineering. In this episode, we're going to discuss the environmental impacts of the coronavirus pandemic and how they might change as we come out of lockdown.
1: Uh, Yes, so I work at the uh, the Grantham Centre for Sustainable Futures. Uh, So normally we kind of focus on um, climate change and the impact of climate change, uh, particularly CO2 emissions and how... um, how various things such as energy systems uh, interact with with climate change and, and CO2. So uh, over the lockdown period, that's kind of adapted a little bit. And um, we started looking at kind of the impact of of the lockdown period and, and of all the, the changes that people have made to their lifestyle and, and way of working at the moment and how that's impacting um, both energy use and CO2 emissions um, and kind of the, the link between those two.
0: Great. So what um, have you been finding at the moment? Presumably, home working is better for the environment. Is that what you've been seeing?
1: Uh, so it's quite interesting, really. So I mean, the, probably the first thing to say is that, um, yeah, when we say kind of better for the environment and and environmentally friendly and that sort of thing, it's quite uh, once you actually kind of drill down into looking at that, there's a lot of different measures that we can use. So um, CO two emissions are obviously one, uh, and atmospheric CO two obviously is a is a kind of key concern and a, a global uh, crisis that we're kind of facing. Um, but there's also a lot of other kind of environmental um, benefits and environmental damages that can be caused. So there's um, yeah there's there's kind of any number of, of impacts either on the environment on human health on animal life on water quality land quality um and there's things related to land use. so there's a whole kind of plethora of, of different uh you know environmental impacts that we can have um but fo- kind of focusing on on co2 at the moment the the interesting thing that we found is it's not as um as clear-cut as we might imagine that you know it, it seems kind of obvious that working from home would be better and you know we're not the key thing that everybody seems to sort of think of is, is you know we're not travelling to work so we're not commuting so our um our, our emissions as we you know cars and and transport is a very visible um emitter of of um well of co2 but also of things like NOx and uh, and local um carbon monoxide and, and emissions such as that particulate matter and things um so those whilst those have changed uh, and and whilst not commuting has a big impact on those the The impact of working from home isn't as clear-cut as you might imagine so it depends a lot actually on on the time of year Uh, so today in in Sheffield it's a lovely sunny day so most people who are working from home today I I would dare say maybe even everybody who's working from home today isn't going to have their heating on Uh, so in that case the fact that they're they're working at home rather than commuting to their office uh, working from home is going to be better however when um, uh, early on in the in the lockdown period when it was March it was still kind of basically winter a lot of people would have still had their heating on um, and if, if you know many of us here live in relatively inefficient homes uh, old homes uh, quite quite badly insulated a lot of them on, on average and um, so we're that that fact that we have our heating on during the day uh, while we're working at home which we normally wouldn't has a, a huge impact on our overall emissions and you kind of did some did some comparison based on the type of home that you live in and how far you commute to your office and how you commute to your office and then what style of office you have uh, and in, in almost all the cases basically it's it's better to work from Home during the summer when you wouldn't have your heating on and from your office in the winter and um, when you would otherwise have to have your heating on at home heating an office with a load of people in it uh, is a lot more efficient per per person space uh, than heating your whole home just because one of you is working from home
0: that makes a lot of sense because that was going to be one of my questions then was well what about if you've got to heat the office because obviously some of the university buildings are quite big and quite old and quite a lot yeah. of space, so heating those is presumably quite inefficient In the same way that home might be but because you've got so many people in that one space it's much better
1: than yeah i mean there's a there is in each of those there's a lot of variation so as we said about the different types of homes but you know some people will have really efficiently insulated homes if you live in a flat for example you can you know some days you can almost have your heating off if everybody around you has theirs on so now globally you're you're maybe not making that that bigger difference it it feels good for you because you you know you don't have to pay for your heating and you you get the heating for free but you are you are effectively reducing your emissions as a you know as an overall unit um Again, it depends if your um some of our, our university buildings are on the district heating um network. So that heating has different CO2 emissions and a different kind of environmental impact profile um compared to heating your home or heating other other offices. Um there's, yeah, there's lots of other kind of nuances as well. Things like if if you consider uh, office buildings, a lot of more modern office buildings will be more efficiently heated in winter, but then they'll also have air conditioning in summer. Uh, so if you're working in those buildings in summer, you're actually using um, quite a lot of energy to keep them cool. Whereas at home, you probably don't have air conditioning. So there you would probably cool your home by um, by wearing less or by opening a window or something like that, which obviously has a lot lower kind of CO2 emissions. So, yeah, in each case, there's definitely kind of a quite a wide variation.
0: Are there any other factors that affect people's emissions? Obviously, cars and homes are the big ones. But is there anything sort of smaller or things that really add up that we might not necessarily think of straight away?
1: Yeah, so there are things, I mean, there's, there was an inter- some interesting done, work done recently that looked at the, the correlation or, or lack of correlation between what people thought was the biggest uh, impact they could have and what actually was the biggest impact. So one of those is um, people think a lot about, you know, the, the equipment that they might have left on, say, in the office or at home or, you know, I, th- I think there's, I've, I've heard of people who said, oh, no, I left that computer on in the office and now we're on lockdown. You know, it's going to be a huge amount of CO2 emissions over the over the period. And, and it will be, but... Um, it will it will add up, but if you look at say uh, the computer and the, the your general kind of allocation of an office worth of um, electronic equipment, printers and, and so on, um, if you compare that to your heating at home, uh, it is about one percent. Um, so, you know, on a on an annual um, divided up basis, the the amount of electricity, the amount of emissions that you will cause by that, uh, yeah, is about one percent of what you'll cause by your heating at home. So, those are things that people think have a, a big impact or may think have a big impact, which. Obviously, we should, you know, we should uh, we should tackle everything. Uh, all the all the small impacts add up, but the stuff that really makes a difference is the uh, the heating, uh, commuting. If it's a reasonable distance, food um, food is an interesting one. It can have a huge difference um, if you, depending on your on your diet. Um, food tends to have more of an environmental impact. Like we said earlier, there's a lot of different categories, so food tends to has tends to have more of an impact in some other categories um such as land use as if if there's sort of dairy and, and beef cattle and things like that involved um and it can have a lot of kind of quite diversely spread um impacts so a lot of our food in this country is imported from other countries so the the impacts that we may have aren't seen kind of locally and um, they, they're often seen uh, further up the supply chain
0: so what can homeowners do to reduce their emissions at the moment? Uh,
1: so while we're working from home, um, I think the the first of all, the thing you can do on a kind of daily basis is decide whether, you know, be uh, be in control of your heating, basically. So, you know, there's a lot of us who, uh, you know, you, you might use, you might actually be working from one room of your house. Um, and the, the classic thing is you'd be working from one room of your house. So you'll put the heating on, not, not necessarily realizing or thinking that that's actually heating the whole house. Um, so what we can do, what you might want to consider doing is rather than heating uh, your whole house, if you can control your heating and turn off radiators and things in rooms that you are not going to be using, so that you're just heating one room. That's that's an, a very easy win, um, and it'll save you money as well as uh, as well as reducing emissions. Um, if it's not possible to do that, you might consider leaving your heating off and just using maybe a small electric heater or something in a uh, in a room that you're in, and uh, that's something that you can kind of control. Um, and obviously, you know, make sure that you turn that off when you don't need it um another the classic thing is is obviously to put a jumper on rather than turning the heating on, so you know when you first feel cold rather than turning the heating on, put a jumper on if after an hour or so you still feel cold, then turn the heating on um it's it's kind of quite a simple one um and yeah just just kind of avoiding that inefficiency really so if, you know if you've got the heating on um and the window open there's that's a lot of waste so kind of think about just think about what you're doing and and try to kind of keep on top of the the control of your of your environment really
0: and are things like and like obviously the government guidance is to try and only go to the supermarket once a week for example and obviously people generally get in their cars to do that is doing things like that continually also going to help contribute to reducing emissions
1: yeah so it's it, so it depends really if you're there's there's a few kind of different there's a few different ways of, of shopping and you kind of see these different habits across them um, across different people so some people will almost shop every day, so maybe if you walk to work, it's very easy to nip into the, you know, before the the coronavirus situation, it's very easy to nip into the shops on your way back home and and grab just that couple of things you need to to make whatever you wanted to eat this evening. Um, And if you're walking anyway, then you, by changing now to a a kind of bulk shopping uh, situation where you have to go in the car, you have effectively added some some transport to your shopping. So you will have had a small impact, um, a small increased CO2 impact on your shopping. On the other hand, if you if you drove to the shops anyway, and now you're driving once a fortnight for a big shop rather than once every couple of days or even once a week, obviously you've you've had a reduction there. Um, so yeah, it, it depends on what your kind of what your baseline was before before we're into the situation. Really, um, again, there's there's a kind of um, benefits from from scale. So if you can if you can get a delivery and the delivery is going to bring ten different people shopping on one trip rather than each individual person driving down to the shops and back, then that that's an efficiency saving and that's a, a, a kind of net CO2 saving.
0: There's obviously lots of factors for homeowners to think about there. But what about as lockdown begins to ease and businesses look at returning? What can they do to keep keep emissions lower?
1: Yeah. So there's a there's a kind of huge there's a load of stuff that we can do that, that that businesses can kind of do um to and for their employees, and that also as as employees we can do individually. But as from a business point of view, um when we look at a, a normal um, peak time travel, uh, so say you know eight, between eight and nine in in the morning on a normal on a normal working day, it's that peak that that really adds to the emissions. So if we can, you know, as we all got used to during the the early part of um, of the coronavirus thing, we got used to this kind of term about flattening the curve and this idea about how we can, rather than having these peaks where we go into kind of extremes and reserves of um, of, of whatever the resource we're talking about is, we can look at flattening those curves so that we can stay within kind of normal bounds Uh, so a kind of example of that for for travel would be just to allow more flexible working so if you can have people traveling over a a three-hour period to work rather than over a one-hour period you you flatten that curve and it means that you have less congestion so you would have less vehicles your vehicles are are traveling for less time so the engine's running for less distance obviously you get less emissions that has a a major benefit for things like particulate emissions and and NOx emissions um, Particularly in our city, so that would have a major difference. Similarly, again, if you can kind of spread that travel period over a, a longer time, you get less overcrowding um, on buses and and on on trains and things like that, which obviously has advantages in the current situation and and will do as we go forward. But also means that that you reduce that peak, so you don't need to be as many uh, buses or trains during that um, during that peak period, which is really where those where those emissions occur. Um, again, I think that we've all learnt. Um, you know as, as employees we've all learned that we can work from home quite effectively Um I think a bit of uh, flexibility that we can sort of try to organize ourselves a bit more and, and maybe sort of spend a, a distinct period of work where we need to go into our office or to our place of work and then if possible a period where we don't need to go in. Um, obviously I appreciate that that doesn't apply to everybody and that's when that kind of um, flattening the curve of the, the transport and, and uh, increasing a bit of flexibility so that we can all um, commute more easily and more efficiently.
0: Yeah, and obviously, like you've just highlighted, it's not everybody and not everybody works in an office. But some of the no. things that you've mentioned there are things that everybody can do, like traveling to work at different times. So if yeah. you're a construction worker, for example, going a bit earlier or going yeah. a bit later and those kinds of things. So it's good yeah. that they're applicable to lots of different people.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So just finally, what one change could organizations make or would you recommend that they make to reduce their emissions post-COVID?
1: uh so there's yeah so really um when we've looked at all this kind of traveling and transport and the impact of um of your working from home and 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 all these things the one thing that when you then consider at the end that that almost wipes out everything else is is aviation so um if you if for your job or or even for you know for for ledger and things flying flying makes a an enormous amount of difference so for example when we looked at the um the change in uh if you if you if you were the person who homeworking would have the biggest impact on um versus going into the office that that impact that change that you could have over the course of a whole year is wiped out by just one european flight uh so the flying does really make a big difference and if we can you know i, I, I don't think uh, going to a, a zero flying um sort of lifestyle and, and work for everybody is going to is going to be the way forward um but i think we've all learned uh, over this period as i said before how much we can actually do from home uh, we all got good at uh, these kind of online meetings and, and at communicating by email and things when we um, when we previously perhaps assumed that we would have to meet in person. So I mean I would kind of suggest a kind of gradual gradual reduction so if um, if organizations can encourage their employees to look at rather than every meeting um, with a, a certain group of people or a certain project or something needing to be face to face, maybe look at every other one being face to face or you know an initial, um, Kickoff meeting being face to face, and and uh, whether whether that be in the UK, traveling by by rail or or by car, um or or in uh, in Europe or around the world uh, that requires flying, um, and then look at the rest of those meetings, or you know the next two um, being uh, online meetings if that's possible. Um, and there's been some kind of great advances during this period in in um, online meetings, and I've attended an online conference and things which I definitely didn't think would work and, and turns out it worked, worked brilliantly and lots of people kind of were very positive about that so i think we've it's kind of forced us all to to realize that these things do work perhaps better than we thought they would and they've kind of been brought on stream a lot quicker um I mean, again that that isn't a, a case for everybody if you know if you are working on a on a construction site or something as you mentioned before there's there's only so much you can do um via uh, via the internet and things like that but i think it's the i think that's what we need to consider the the things that can be done um, without meeting face to face and without meeting in person should be done that way uh, and we kind of reserve almost think of it as a sort of CO2 budget for, for an organization or for a country and that we should just direct the those emissions into the places where they're absolutely necessary uh, where they can't be achieved through a lower emission way and um, and those that, that can be done in a lower emission way should do uh, and as, uh, as individuals we I think are kind of coming out of this we kind of have a decision whether we uh, you know we appreciate the quietness and the return of nature and how we've all enjoyed going for walks and we've all enjoyed it being a much kind of nicer um better air to breathe and a nicer place to to live um over this period uh, and we we kind of um continue with that and we look at walking to work instead of driving or cycling or, or taking more public transport where we can uh or we go the other way and we get we get scared and we try to blame each other and we go back and we all hide in our cars and and we, we basically will make things worse than we were before so as, uh, as Jeremy Grantham would have said, uh, I implore you to be brave and uh, to do the right thing. And if we all uh, move in the right direction, we can keep the positives that have come out of this situation and um, not go back to a, a worse situation than we had before.
0: Before we go, we'd just like to say a huge thanks to Stuart and all our guests for talking to us on Coronavirus Examined. Thanks for listening. Coronavirus Examined is a podcast series from the University of Sheffield. It's presented by me, Alicia Shepherd, and edited and produced by Harry Clewler and Tommy Wilson. To find out more about the University of Sheffield's research around coronavirus, head to sheffield.ac.uk forward slash research forward slash coronavirus.